What's up, Anchor Church? 9 a.m. How you guys doing? I'm uh, Tom. I'm one of the pastors here. And uh, so I'm going to be giving the message today. Um, but we are going to finish up our Hero Series. And you're like thinking, what series is that? Because we had videos and it was so long ago. And so it was kind of weird because we had the videos for the conference. I hope you guys enjoyed that. We're going to have At The Movies next week. And I knew I was going to speak. And so it was kind of one of these things like, Lord Jesus, what do you want me to speak about? And uh, he gave me a subject. But I really thought uh, of someone that fits this subject uh, so well. And it's Peter. Anybody love Peter? The disciple, Peter, the apostle, uh, so many awesome, incredible things. And I'm not going to talk about the great things he did today. I'm going to talk about all his failures. Because I, I believe that's what the Lord kind of uh, told me to talk about this morning was to talk about failure. And uh, anybody fail? All right, cool. All right, about three of you guys. Okay, cool. The rest of you guys, we're not perfect, and uh, right, and we all know this. We all fail. At some point, we all fail. And maybe you had a great 2019. Maybe you had a fantastic 2019. You're kind of sad that it's ending. Maybe you guys, some of you guys, had a horrible 2019, and it's full of failures and full of mistakes and full of like, why did I do that? Uh, but that's why we're talking about Peter, because I feel like Peter is one of those guys that he is so sporadic. He was so spontaneous. He was one of those guys that put foot to mouth. Anybody, any foot to mouth people? All right. Anybody who want to admit that you're a foot? I am. I've said tons of, I mean, I say offensive things all the time. I hope, Lord Jesus, please don't let me say that right now. I'm on, I'm on your stage. But, man, I, I, I love Peter. I love his enthusiasm. I love the fact that he did all these great things, but he did some pretty bad things, too. He did some things like, what, Pete? Like, what? And he was just one of those guys that, like, man, he was kind of crazy. And I like the craziness. That's why I love Peter. And, and really, I want to talk about his shortcomings, his failures. And the reason why it's kind of close to my heart is because a little bit over a year ago, I went through a season that I felt like a complete failure. I mean, I was, I was struggling real, real bad because of one thing. It was when, if you guys don't remember, but we closed the Huimanu campus. It was a campus that we did about five minutes away up the road, and it was a campus we did in, uh, in a cafeteria. And uh, my name was on that campus. I was Tom Landoza, a Huimanu campus pastor. And we closed it, and I felt like a complete failure. And I know, any Ahuimanu peeps out there? That's right. I'm not a failure. Oh, thank you. They're here. They're still loving Jesus. Okay, thank you. Uh, but I felt like a failure, you know, and we closed it. And I don't want to call that a failure, but it closed. It didn't work out, and I felt like, well, that it didn't work out because of me, and I was blaming myself. And I, I just went through a season, but here's the thing. A year later, I learned some pretty incredible lessons about failure. And here's the one thing I want to tell you guys is that how you re you're going to fail. How you react to the failure and how you respond to it makes all the difference in all the world. And that's what I want to talk to you guys about today. And we're going to look at the life of Peter because Peter is, was full of failures. Go read the Gospels. Go read Acts. He just made some mistakes. And uh, what, what made him go through those things? Because would you guys agree, did Peter end well? He, well, he was martyred. He was killed. The tradition says he was killed for his faith, but he was killed doing what Jesus called him to do, to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. I believe this. You're sitting in church today in part because Peter did his job here on earth, and he's a hero in my book. 
But what made him write these words in 1 Peter, um, when he's writing this letter, he says this, chapter 1, so be truly glad. Glad for what, Peter? There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold, so when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. So here's Peter going, have, be truly glad for your trials, what you have to endure. And you're going, wow, what makes you so happy? <laughs> you know why? He's like, buck up, little camper. What made Peter that guy? And I believe it's in part a lot of his failures that he went through and reacted uh, he reacted properly in the right way. And here's, here's my big idea for you guys. I want you guys to walk away with this. I already said this. I'm going to bust your bubble. You're going to fail. Thanks a lot, Tom. That's really encouraging. Let's pray. You can go, right? I didn't come to church to hear that. Well, you are. In 2020, you're going to fail. At some point, you're going to do something. You're going to make a mistake. But when you do fail, I want you to know this. Fail forward. When you fail, Fail forward. And what I mean by that, I believe John Maxwell, great author, leadership guy, he wrote a book called Fail Forward. And the whole idea about failing forward is when you fail, you get back up and you learn from it and you grow and you become a better person. That you move on, but not just move on the same guy, same person. You actually grow from it. But here's the reality of it. A lot of us, we don't fail forward. A lot of us, we fail and we just stay the same. It doesn't change us at all. Or even worse, we fail backwards. And for a little time, when the Huimanu cap is closed, I was failing backwards. I was just in a pity party and I was beating myself up and I was just in a mental state. But I believe God was with me in, the, in that time, amen, that he is faithful. He is with you in those times. I think he's even more, he says he's with the brokenhearted. And, um, and, and, and here's the thing. A lot of us, we fail backwards. How do we fail backwards when failure happens? Well, here's what failure can do if you're taking notes. Failure can, number one, harden you. It hardens you. It, 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 you, you get jaded and you get bitter at the failure you either get mad at God or mad at other people, and you're just like, I'm not going to do that again. I'm not going to stick my neck out. No way. I'm not going to do that. And what happens when you harden your heart, you start making excuses. You go, oh, that this happened or that, this, whatever it is. And then you say, and then on top of the excuses, you start blaming everybody else except yourself. And you become this hard person. A failure can do that. Another thing failure can do is paralyze you. That when you fail, you're like, oh, I'm not going to do that again because I don't want to take the risk. So you, you kind of, you go back into the shell of comfort. And you, and it, but, and then, but it's not even comfort because you're riddled with fear. And, and, and as someone who has been riddled with fear, can I say one thing? It's completely draining. Why? Because you're just living with anxiety, right? You're like, wake up with, ha, ha. You know, anybody, anybody do that before? Nobody does that. <laughs> only, only you, Tom. <laughs> I hope I'm causing anxiety right now. I'm like, but it's, it's, that, it's that there's no peace there. And you're just, ah, you're like, ah. And it's just that, that overriding, like, paralyzing fear that happens when, when you have the fear of failure. Um, then the third thing is failure can disqualify you. And what I mean by that is you disqualify yourself. That you tell yourself, well, I failed. I'm not capable of doing anything. God can't use me. 
I'm going to even take it a step further that failure can include our mistakes, which mistakes are something we do by accident, but it also includes our sin. Our sin is something we do on purpose. So some of our failure is a consequence of just our sin in our life. And so that, that sin and that mistake and that failure speaks to us. What does it say? You're not worthy. You're not capable. Give up. Don't even start again. And we disqualify ourselves. We harden. We paralyze. We disqualify ourselves. And I would even say all three of those was happening and that has happened in my life. And I, I want to speak life into you guys. And I want to look at Peter. How did Peter end up finishing well, getting over his failures? And so we're going to look at all of his failures, not all of them. We're going to look at three of them. And then we're going to see what we can learn from them. And so failure number one, and I, I love this. You know why I love this? Because imagine if someone was following you and documenting your life. Actually, a lot of us, we document our life to the whole world right now through social media, Instagram, Facebook, right? But what, you know what we show? We show the good stuff. We don't ever show the bad stuff. We don't ever show the, the, the stuff that we didn't do. We show the better half. Well, here's Peter. Someone was following him and t- taking notes of his life, and they showed everything, Right? Imagine if you got exposed by all your failures and your mistakes. Well, guess what? Peter, it was all written in the Bible. And so it's well documented. And so we're going to look at what happened. And so the first one I'm going to look at is Peter had a bad day at the office. Anybody ever had a bad day at the office before? You want to quit or you want to, your, your boss, you just want to, you want to do something or just a bad day at office or at home, whatever. Peter had a bad day. He was a fisherman. That was his profession. And it says in this story that they were fishing all night, and they didn't catch anything. I mean, that's fail. Like, that's your job. Imagine you just didn't do your job. You're, like, you're supposed to know what to do. They spent all night fishing, and they didn't catch a thing. And so all that time wasted, they're washing the nets that didn't catch any fish. It's just dirty. They have to wash the nets. And then this one guy named Jesus comes around. And what Jesus does is he starts teaching because he was, getting, he was growing in popularity and uh, he was doing miracles. People were listening to him. And so crowds were gathering. And so when Jesus came on the scene, he's all, whoa, it's getting a little crowded here. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to borrow this guy's boat. I'm going to borrow Simon Peter's boat. And I'm going to push me out a little bit. And I'm going to teach from there. And so he, this is how Simon, uh, they called him Simon Peter at the time, um, they, 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 this is a first kind of uh, instance of their relationship. And so after Jesus teaches, this happens. In Luke 5, verse 4, it says this. When he finished speaking, he said to Simon uh, Peter, now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again and this time their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat. And soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh, Lord, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others with him. So here is Peter's first interaction, not with just Jesus, but with the absolute power of Jesus. I hope you have interacted with the power of Jesus at some point in your life. 
I hope everybody has, that you've actually seen his real power. I want that for you guys at some point. But Peter experienced it, and it changed his life. But here's the, uh, here's the interesting about this, this, um, this miracle. It might have not happened. Why? I believe this. I believe Peter kind of had a chip on his shoulder a little bit. If you read it a little, and, and so if his pride really, really kicked in, maybe he would have said to Jesus, Jesus, we've been fishing all night. You're a teacher. Why don't we leave fishing to the professionals? Right? He could have said, well, you know what? It's better to catch fish in the nighttime. We did it all night. There's no fish in the daytime. I know fishing. Does anybody? Anybody? All of us have something that we're really, really good at, that we know we're good at, that we've trained at, that we've done all our lives. Don't you hate it when someone who, does, who has no idea what to do and they come to you to give advice? Let's, let, let's see a show of hands. How many of you guys would, your pride would kick in? Mine would. My pride would completely kick in. I mean, this happened to me the other day. So I'm a soccer fanatic, if you guys don't know. I, I watch Soccer, yep, me and Brad, right? We, we are fanatic. We wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning to watch our team play. And so I decided to coach my son's soccer team. And I was like, dude, I'm going to bring it. Dude, we're going to win the seven-year-old championship right now. And it's like, it didn't have, they don't even keep score at that age. And um, so uh, one of our first games, my son's team got beat pretty bad. And I could feel the pressure of, like, parents looking at me from home and back. I was like... I'm like, and I'm going, I'm like, I know soccer. We can, I know what we can do. But. And so I'm walking away. We packed everything up. And then my wife, Grace, comes up to me and gives me some advice of what to do. <laughs> my wife doesn't even know what a corner kick is. And she's telling me, she's giving me advice. I'm like, in my brain, I didn't say this out loud, by the way. Just note to spouses out there. In my brain, I'm going, you don't know soccer. I'm the coach. I know soccer. I know tactics. Well, the odd thing is I took her advice and we applied it and actually won a couple games. That was pretty good. And so, um, thank you, Grace. It's like, and here, here's the thing. Here's the one thing that we can learn. First thing we can learn about failing forward is allowing your failure to teach you. Let your failures teach you. Let it learn from it. Grow from it. And, and here's, here's one thing that you need to, how do you allow your failures to teach you? Admit that you're wrong. Be strong enough to admit you're wrong. And, and, and take responsibility. And I, I get it. You know, I, I, I've been through this where you, that failure, 99% of that failure, you're blaming other people. Or there's other excuses, and you're like, yeah, this happened, that happened, and you might be right. Here's my advice. Take responsibility for the 1% and admit you're wrong. Put the ego down. Let your failures teach you. Don't let it defeat you. Ooh, that's tweetable. Ooh, I like that. Right? I made that up, by the way. You can, you can tag me on that one. Um, and you know what? I learned this when Ohui Manu uh, shut down, is I... Really, I felt like a failure. I was in this pity party, party, but I was with God in, in all of it. And I really sought God. I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm not going to give up on, on, on leadership here. I'm not going to give up on ministry, even though I felt like it. I was going to disqualify myself. I said, God, what do, you, what do I need to learn from this? And here's the one thing. I know I'm a better leader today 
because I love what I had to go through, of what I learned. I put my ego down in marriages. Come on, can I get an amen? There's, in marriages, there's two stubborn people. Amen. Woo, I got an amen. <laughs> there's two stubborn people. But I know it's a cliche. It takes two to tangle, which means, you know, better marriage is when two people are going, admitting what they're giving that's wrong to the relationship and that they're gr- both growing. Because I'm going to say this one thing to everybody. If you're not admitting you're wrong, you're not growing. Because everybody will get it wrong at some point. And you grow when you go, ah, yeah, okay, I can work on that. I can learn it, teach on that. If you want to grow, admit you're wrong. Uh, here's another thing. Be open to new ideas. Be open to um, new perspective, different ways of looking at it. This is, let your failures teach you that. Ask, your, ask, ask yourself about those things. Here's one word that I used to hate, constructive criticism. Anybody with me? You know why? Because I hated that word, criticism. I didn't want to be critiqued. But now I love it because I love the constructiveness. I get to learn from it. Here's the biggest thing. Oh, actually, in Proverbs 15, here's a great verse. Uh, Proverbs 15, 31, whoever heeds life giving correction will be at home among the wise. But I think the biggest lesson that Peter learned, which we need to learn, is that Peter discovered that Jesus is the real deal. And what do I mean by that? Is that he experienced the real power of God, and it changed him for the rest of his life. Think about it. I'm going to go back to the story. What did he say? He said to Jesus, when Jesus said, hey, throw your net down, he called, he called him master. And, it, and at that point, I believe this. He was kind of just giving Jesus some respect. Hey, you're a rabbi. You're a teacher. I will call you. Yeah, that's great. Hey, master, I know you're a person of authority, and you taught all these people. And look at all the people that are starting to love you. So it was kind of like, hey, you're, you're a good guy. I will give you some respect, right? Okay, master, we fished all night, but I'll give you a shot. And after the miracle happened, after all the fish that was inside of the boat, you know what he did? He said, I'm a sinner, Lord. And I believe he went from master, hey, you're a pretty good teacher, to Lord, you are the supreme God capable of doing things beyond my imagination. And now you're my Lord. Some of us need to make that switch from master to Lord and Savior and that Jesus is God. Amen? that we know that we're going to trust, even if it goes against all logic, when God tells us to do something, we're going to go, I trust you, God. I trust your way, even though it, go, it goes against my nature, against my training, against anything. And, of course, I'm going to throw this awesome verse, Proverbs 3, uh, verse 3. It says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. I believe this, Peter learned that that day, that it's not, I can't lean on my know-how. I can't lean on my logic. I can't lean on my own understanding. So uh, failure number two. Failure number two is actually one of his more famous ones is when he walked on water. And uh, it's a beautiful story. Uh, They just performed this miracle of feeding the multitudes. And so Jesus, which he did a lot, which I love, he just kind of disappeared. He, like, went into the wilderness, went to hang out with God, and the disciples were like, oh, I don't know what to do. Okay, we need to go across the lake, and so, okay, I guess we'll leave him. So they left Jesus. They're on this boat going to the other side, and then this happened in Matthew 14, verse 24. It says, meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble, 
far away from land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were uh, fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them, walking on the water. There's a miracle right there. Boom, that's a straight miracle. God's walking on, Jesus is walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. Terrified In, In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage, I am here. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. I want to stop here. This is why I love Peter. Come on, right? All the other disciples are all sitting there all quiet. Is that Jesus? I don't know. And Peter's like, hey, I want to do that. I want to try that. If it's really you, call me. Come on, let's do this. This is, this is what you got to love about Peter. He was ready to go. And, uh, and, so, and then Jesus said, yes, come. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. But when he saw the strong winds and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back in the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshiped him. You are really the son of God. I mean, this is an amazing miracle, amazing story. But here's the thing. I even hesitate. I hesitate right now to call this even a failure. Why? Because guess what, guys? Peter walked on water. He took three steps, two steps. I don't even know. Even one step would have been good. Can I ask you a question? When's the last time you walked on water? Anybody? Anybody? Surfing not included. Because I could say that. Yeah, I did. I walked on water. No, right? Peter did this miracle. I don't, I don't even consider it a failure. And actually, because I believe that, I believe, man, that's like, whew, that's a great thing. Just bear with me. I kind of thought Jesus is a party pooper. I, read, I used to read the story as a kid and go, okay, a great story. But then Jesus would say this, oh, Peter, ye of little faith, why did you doubt me? I'm like, oh, Jesus, give, give Peter a break. He walked on water. The, the disciples are still in the boat. Peter's the only one that risked it. So I, th- I, I kind of thought Jesus was a party pooper, but um, I figured out one thing. I, I do the same thing to my kids. Um, you know, when you're teaching your kids how to swim or in a pool, you, you want them to be, you know, they learn how to swim, and you want to be, be prepared for, you know, because here's the thing, you know, I, I have two girls that I, I want them to be the next Carissa Moore, you know, and I'm... Chris Moore is the Hawaiian champion, right? So Chris Moore, watch out. Olive and Hazel's coming at you. They're like, oh. but they got to learn how to swim first, and they got to learn how to surf. And so I want, and so you know, my kids when we go to the pool, I I tell them, hey, jump off the edge, and I'll catch you, and all this. And so there's there's numbers of times when like it's they're all scared. They're like, okay, I'm gonna do it. I'm, I'm gonna catch you. I'm right here. They're like, ah. And so there's times when my kids do it, and they jump, and they do it, and they're like, oh, my gosh, that's the greatest ever the, the thing. And so they get so excited. They swim back to the stairs. They run back, and they're at the side of the pool. And for some weird reason, they get scared again. They're like, oh, I don't know. I'm like, they're looking at people watching them, and oh, I don't know whatever is causing their fear. And then I say this to them, ye of little faith, why do you doubt Because here's what I say. I say, Hazel, you just did it a minute ago. You just, you just did it. Like, you don't, why are you afraid right now? Why? 
And I believe this. I believe Jesus was saying the same exact thing. He was saying to Peter, Peter, you just did it. You walked a couple steps on the water. Oh, my goodness. Why are you, why are you doubting right now? Because here's the thing. I believe Jesus was preparing Peter to do way greater things in Jesus' name. You go read Acts. You go read the miracles that Peter did. I want to talk about one specific thing that he did. Remember in Acts 3, when he was walking, this is after Jesus died and resurrected and he ascended to heaven. The early church is being born right now. Peter was in the midst of it. He was the big leader of it. And he was walking to the temple and there was a beggar asking for money. And I love this story because he says to the beggar, he looked at him intently. He says, I don't got any change, but I do got this. Grabbed him by his hand. He said, get up and walk. And the guy's all, huh? Yep, get up and walk. Let's do this. And the guy's all, woo, I'm getting up and walking. Oh, my gosh. And I look at that story, and I go, and I hearken back to when he was sinking and go, here's Peter full of faith. Did a great miracle. There was no doubt in his mind. He grabbed the guy and said, walk in Jesus' name. And the guy walked. And I believe this. Now, that walking on the water when he failed, when he started sinking, it was just prepping him for future miracles. And here's the one thing that we can learn if we want to fall, fail forward, that we got to allow our failures to prepare us. That's number two. That it would prepare you. Because here's the one thing I want to say to you guys. God has an incredible future for you, incredible plans, way beyond your imagination that you think you're capable of doing. Do you guys believe that? That in Jesus' name, in Jesus' power, every single one of you can do greater things. And, and, and God knows your potential. And I believe God is preparing. I love this verse in Jeremiah. I'm going to take another poll here. Any winers out there? Anybody wine? Anybody like a little wine with your, <laughs> your winer? I wine. I, I'm one of those guys. I'm a winer. Well, Jeremiah was a winer. And he wrote about it. He, whined, he whined these books. He wrote Lamentations, okay? And so here's uh, Jeremiah whining, and I love God's reaction to it. It says this. Uh, let me find the verse here. In Jeremiah 12, it says, So Jeremiah, if you're worn out in this foot race with men, what makes you think you can race against horses? If you can't keep your wits during times of calm, what's going to happen when troubles break loose like the Jordan in flood? And here's what, here's what God is saying to Jeremiah. Man, you're having trouble running with men right now? You know what my plan is? You know what I believe you're capable of doing? You're capable of racing with horses. Now, that sounds like a ridiculous statement, doesn't it? Go try to race a horse right now. It's impossible. But God's saying, you can do the impossible in my name. And you know what? I know you're capable of doing it because I'm going to be with you. And I'm preparing you for your future incredible thing that I have for you. Are you guys hearing me on that? I, that's why I love Jeremiah, that he's prepping. And so if you have in your mindset that failure is preparing you and training you and making you stronger well, then you're not going to have any fear of failure because you're going to go for it. Because, you know, if I do fail, well, I'm going to be a better person because of it. That you're not, you're not going to be paralyzed with fear. That you are going to take a risk. That you're going to go for it. Any uh, basketball fans out there? 
Wow, that was like this. Nobody watches basketball. Okay, any, any Golden State Warrior fans? Not much, okay. Um, but I was, uh, I, you know, if you guys know who Steve Kerr is, which I've, I've been following a while because I used to be a Bulls fan back in the day. Yes, I did. I used to watch, you know, when Jordan in his height and uh, Steve Kerr used to play with, uh, with Jordan when they won all these championships. Uh, Steve Kerr became the, the, uh, the coach of the Golden State Warriors. So for the last five years, they've made it to the final every single year. They've won three of them. And by the way, Steve Kerr, has the all-time career record of making three points. Here's the thing about Steve Kerr. He lived with the fear of failure. And he learned a huge lesson from one of the greatest basketball players, Michael Jordan, and they interviewed about, uh, him about it. So check it out. I thought it was really inspiring. That's where I really learned lessons. And the thing that I took from Michael Jordan was that you go for it every time, every play. You never, ever worry about failure. And I had worried about failure my whole life. I didn't want to be the guy at the end who missed the shot. And so up until my time with the Bulls, I was afraid of being that guy. And then I realized Michael took all these big shots and he missed half of them. And I would see him go for it and miss and he'd go into the locker room and it was no big deal. He wasn't phased. And the next game, two nights later, he'd take the same shot. And that made an impact on me. I realized I had to get over my fear of failure and just go for it and lay it out there. Awesome. So what I'm saying is, yeah, hey, yeah. <laughs> so Peter is the Jordan of the Bible. That's what I'm really saying if you're taking notes. Um, and and what, I, what I love this is because when I look back on Ahuimanu and uh, my conversations with Carl, about it, and just, and I was really open with him, like, I'm, I'm feeling like a failure, man, like, I just, I failed you, failed this church, I failed God, and then he said this, he's all, well, I'm the pastor of this church, and I, I failed, too, but then in our conversations, and Carl said this, he's like, you know what, because I, I doubted God, I said, God, why did you send us out anyway, he, did you send us out to fail, and then Carl said this, he said, nah, he wanted to see if we were even going to do it that we wouldn't take the risk to go start a new campus and go out there. And I believe that. And that was encouraging that, you know, Carl's like, no, I believe God was in it. And we had a season and we had to close it and it was right. But God was still in it, that we took the risk. And here's the one thing that I'm confident of because Pastor Carl's vision is we're gonna start more campuses, that we're not just gonna be this, whoa, hello, battery, hello, okay that we're not going to be this church on the hill, that we are going to start more campuses. But here's the thing. Because of Ahuimanu, we can be like, eh, no, I don't want to do that. Not again. I don't want to go through it ever again. Here's the thing. You know what? I believe this. We're going to be better prepared. We're not going to make the same mistakes. We're going to be stronger. And we are going to start another campus at some point in Jesus' name. And I, I believe that. And so, um, man, go take some risks. Don't be paralyzed with fear. Amen. Number three, here's, here's Peter's, um, one of his greatest failures and one of, my, one of my favorite stories in the Bible. And it's when he denied Jesus. You guys know it all. You guys know this story of when he denied Jesus. And so what happened was right before Jesus was crucified, he actually predicted, Peter, you're going to deny me three times. And Peter's like, no, I've walked you, with you for three years. You did all these miracles. And no, there's no way I'm going to walk away from you. 
And what happened when Jesus got arrested and when people were asking him, weren't you one of the disciples? Weren't you that guy that was walking with Jesus? And Peter, not once, but three times, denied even knowing his mentor, denied even being, uh, being with him. He sinned against his Savior. That's what he did. Now, I want to make a distinction here. I I said this before, but a lot of our failures are are because of our mistakes. And mistakes is something we do by accident. Like, oh, I made a mistake. I didn't do this right. I'm so sorry. I'll, I'll, I'll learn from it. Sin is completely different. Sin is not a mistake. Sin is something that you do on purpose, that you think about, that I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna accomplish it. Does that make sense? There's a difference between sin and mistake. And here, Peter sinned. He totally denied Jesus. He lied to people and he denied with his life on the line, by the way, Jesus' life on the line. He denied his savior. Now, I am not Peter. I wasn't there. I don't know what he was going through, but I'm sure he was beating himself up. I'm sure he was disqualifying himself left and right. I I believe so much so that even when Jesus died on the cross and he rose from the grave and was hanging out with all the disciples, I still believe that he was disqualifying himself. And here's a little kind of a hint in this story. And I don't know. I'm just kind kind of thinking about this, is that in this story... At the end of John, we find Peter fishing. Now, why is that a big deal? Because I think he went back to doing something that he was comfortable doing. He was going, you know what? I, you know what? Jesus is doing this great thing. He rose from the grave. Oh, my gosh. He's gonna, this is going to blow up. And this is, but I guess I can't be a part of it because I just I messed up. I, did, I, it, I went too far. I denied him three times. And you know what? I'm going to go back to doing something that I know without risk, knowing something that I know how to do and that's comfortable. And so here's where we find Peter after he denied Jesus. And in this beautiful story, Jesus appears. The resurrected Lord appears to the disciples while Peter is fishing. And he says, he calls out to the boat, hey, throw your net on the other side. So they do. And when they pull up all the fish, what happens? Peter realized it's Jesus. Ah! Does anybody know the story? What did Peter do next? He jumped into the water. That's Peter. He's like, oh, nope, no walking this time. Okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to go see my savior. But I bet in the back of his mind, he's going, I still denied him. And then we get this beautiful picture in John 21. This is the last chapter of John which I believe is on purpose. In verse 15, it says this. Jesus was cooking breakfast for them. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son son of God, John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied, you know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. A third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. Now, there's a whole bunch of commentaries. We can go super deep on that. I don't want to go too deep. I just want to say one thing. I believe this that Peter denied Jesus three times. 
And in this conversation, every time Jesus said, do you love me? And then Peter said, yes, then feed my sheep. And I believe Jesus was doing that. For every denial that Peter did, Jesus showed him grace and reinstated Peter's calling on his life, basically telling him, you're not going to be a fisherman for the rest of your your life. You're going to be the carrier of the gospel to the world for me. You're going to be what the the Catholics call the first pope, and you're going to grow this church. You're going to preach a sermon that is going to save 3,000 people in one shot. You're going to be that guy. And I believe three denials with three points of grace. And here's the one thing I want to say to you guys is you're going to fail forward. You have to allow your failures to show you God's grace. Show you God's grace. Show you God's grace. (laughs) Siri asked me a question. I'm answering. Okay. But here's the thing. This room is full of mistakes. This room is full of failures. This room is full of sin. Jesus died on the cross because you are not disqualified. And I want to say one thing. Your failure is not fatal. That God still has work for you to do. He is not done with you. I hope that is a word for you guys right now. I hope that's a word for somebody, at least one person. God is not done with you. He's not done with you. He has so much more for you. And I want you to take inspiration from Peter and the grace that was given him and what resulted in what he became one of the heroes of the faith. Go read Acts about Peter. He wasn't perfect, but he did amazing things. And here's Peter. I want to end with Peter's own words. Here's Peter's own words. In 1 Peter 5, verse 10, it says, And then, after your brief suffering, the God of all loving grace, who has called you to share in his eternal glory in Christ, will personally and powerfully restore you and make you stronger than ever, yes, he will set you firmly in place and build you up. And he has all the power needed to do this forever. Amen. Wow. That's a guy standing on the other side of failure telling you he has all the power and the grace to take your failures and flip it. Do you guys believe that Jesus is in the transforming business? Turning things into ashes, into glory? That's what he does. That's that's one of the best things he does. It's a room full of people that he's turned, he's he's flipped our lives. Well, I'm gonna tell you one thing. He's ready to flip your failure. He's ready to turn what's... What's a failure, what's a mistake into something beautiful, into a gift. I heard a pastor say this before, and it really inspired me, is that if he, when, he, when God flips your failure and you fail forward, now you have something that no one else has. 
You have a failure that you came out on the other side, and now you have a perspective and a strength that wouldn't have come any other way except through that failure. Now you have the experience to actually comfort someone that is going through the same failure. Now you have the strength enough to go through another failure. 2020, bring it. Hashtag fail. Let's do this. Amen? Because God is going to be with you. He's going to teach you stuff. And uh, let God flip your failure. Amen? Let's bow our heads and pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you that we are fleshly, human, faulty people that you are willing to work with and love and show your grace. I thank you for that, God. I am confident that people needed to hear this because I pray that we can walk in your grace and your love and that we can learn, that we can be prepared, and that we can walk in the grace from our failures and fail forward and just grow as people, grow as Christians, grow as children of a living God. Thank you for that, in Jesus' name. With all eyes closed and head bowed, I just want to give an opportunity for anyone to declare themselves a born-again Christian. To say to Jesus, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for me. I believe you rose again from the grave three days later. And because of that, I want to give you my life. I, want to, uh, I believe in that. I believe that your cross is forgiving me and has forgiven me. And that I have this new life ahead of me that will flip my failures. If you've never done that and want to say this for the first time to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to invite you to say a prayer with me. Maybe this is a rededication to Jesus. Maybe you said a prayer like this a while ago, but now you want to rededicate and go, Lord Jesus, I'm back and I want to follow you. Either way, I want to pray with, with you guys. I'm going to say a prayer. And really, what I'm going to encourage you to do is to hitchhike off of my prayers, borrow my words, and say it to Jesus himself. Can you do me a favor before we do that? Can you let me know that you want to do that, whether a first-time prayer for Jesus or a rededication? Can you let me know by raising your hand right now? Does anybody want that, want to pray with me right now? We got one, we got two, we got three, we got four, we got five, we got six, we got seven, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Awesome. Anybody else? Oh, I love it. I know there's another one. I know there's double digits, but I want to say one thing. If there was one, it would be all worth it. That individual, you, you just made a commitment to Jesus. The best thing that happened all service long was just now. Thank you, God. Put your hands down and say this prayer. Borrow my words to Jesus himself. Jesus, I give you my life. Why do I give you my life? Because you gave yours on the cross. You're beaten You're bloodied. You're nailed to a cross. You didn't fight it because you knew the bigger purpose was to save my life. I believe it, and I thank you. I believe you rose again from the grave three days later, and in one weekend, you conquered sin and death. And that's why I give you my life. I declare myself a born-again Christian. You are my Lord and my Savior and my friend. I thank you in Jesus' precious name. We all pray. Amen. Hey, let's give those people a hand. Woo, yeah. Hey, 
Um, you guys that just pray with me, I want to encourage you. Can you please grab that connect card? I know, it's a big step. Fill it out. Say, I said yes to Jesus, but here's the reason why. We want to give you the next steps. We're going to text you the next steps. We're not going to bug you. We just want to make sure that you're in a good family that's going to walk with you in this new stage of life that you're walking in. Allow us to do that. So I encourage you to fill out that connect card. But let's give them another hand. Yeah. Well, here's why we did the tithe up front. Because we're going to take communion right now. The worship band is going to sing one song. And then you guys were dismissed. But it's with the powerful element that reminds us of the cross, that reminds us of his broken body. What's going past out right now is the juice that represents the blood that was spilled, the cracker that represents the body that was beaten. And really, it's just a reminder of what Jesus did for us. In this Christmas season, we got to remember why he came in the first place. Amen? And can you guys do me a favor? And I want to say this. If you don't know what this is or don't feel comfortable with it, you don't have to grab the communion. But can you guys do me a favor? Because we're talking about failure, we're going to allow you guys to take communion on your own timing when you want to in this one song. But I want to encourage you in the midst of it, Lay your failures as you remember Jesus. Lay your mistakes, lay your sins at the cross, at the foot of the cross. Give it to him. God, flip it. Jesus, flip it. Turn it into something beautiful as we take communion.